2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash
3: host. In the ER, even something that might seem small, a bug in the ear.
4: I've seen cockroaches go in their ear. Agate,
3: Bone fragments. As
5: you can see here, it's pretty smashed.
3: A speck of metal in the eye.
5: As scary as it sounds, removing it is with a needle.
3: If they don't come out right away, they can cause big problems. Down the line, they can even ruin your life.
6: No, 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 no.
3: In the ER, size definitely doesn't matter. Tiny bacteria can multiply into potentially life-threatening infections. A small foreign object left in the body could have a major impact on your overall health. So as ER doctors, we're not just dealing with the emergency at hand, we're also trying to prevent a worse one in the future. And we got you covered. Whether we can really see the problem or not. In Odessa, fracturing a bone into a number of smaller fragments can lead to all kinds of complications and really put you in the hurt box. Like for this young lady, Cheyenne. I trained dogs and I was
6: exercising my personal dogs and uh, I roller skate a lot with them. There was a stray dog uh, my pit bull, she's deaf, and so she didn't hear this dog. All she did was see it, and it spooked her. She ran out in front of me, and I, like, kind of backpedaled a little bit to try not to run her over, and I landed backwards, and
3: I heard a snap, and I picked my arm up,
6: and it looked like this.
3: There are different kinds of fractures, also called broken bones, and we've seen them all in the ER. One of the more traumatic injuries is what we call an open fracture. That's when a bone actually breaks through the skin. It's not a good look. But in this case, Cheyenne has what's called a comminuted fracture of the radius, which is just above the wrist. A comminuted fracture is when the bone breaks into several smaller pieces. But this could mean, ultimately, since it's not a clean break, some of those bone fragments may need to come out with surgical intervention. But for right now, Dr. Troilus-Plant will need to get this fracture stabilized.
7: I worked in an emergency department prior to going to medical school. I enjoyed seeing the blood and the guts, and I figured ER is probably the only place where you can eat a sandwich while you're looking at, uh, at maggots or something like that. But resetting a bone is actually one of the more fun things that we get to do in emergency medicine. So well, The wrist is made up of these two bones which go to the forearm, a bunch of small bones, all the carpal bones. As you can see here, it's pretty smashed. It She'll really end up needing an operation. But for today, we'll put her to sleep, push that back into place, and get her immobilized.
3: Dr. Plant will need to perform what we call a fracture reduction to Cheyenne's broken radius. It means manipulating the bone back into place and then getting it immobilized so it can start to heal. If not performed correctly, the bones could heal in abnormal positions and create deformities, or it might not heal at all. And the swelling and pain will just get worse. When a bone is broken in multiple places, it can make performing the reduction a lot trickier. But that doesn't seem to phase Cheyenne.
6: Actually, this is the first time I've broken my wrist. I've sprained both of them before. I rodeoed for 12 years, so I've seen a lot. I've been hurt a lot. I've broken both of my pinkies. This pinky almost got completely ripped off. My leg got gashed open. My back, that's like probably like my main injury that I feel all the time. Watch. It, uh, okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that was satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty banged up, but I will have to say that this is, this is definitely the worst it's been. I don't make it any easier, but I've definitely been through it before.
7: Hello again. So, the wrist looks good. Unfortunately, the rest of the bones are still broken. Yeah, going So, um, give you some of the medicine that we talked about. Then we go to
6: sleep?
7: you are going to go to sleep. Okay, and then you're going to give me the numbing medicine? For Correct. The rest? Yep. Fabulous. And you, won't
8: remember for, you probably won't remember our conversation
7: that we're having right Oh, so okay. Cool. Yeah. When people come in, we have to decide what kind of treatments they need in any scenario. And in this particular scenario, this sucker hurts. Happy dreams. And so uh, we're going to need to put her to sleep in order to do some of the things that we need to do for her. Otherwise, it would just be excruciating. And and I'm not a nice guy, but I'm not that great.
3: In this case, sleep is relative.
7: Think of something happy.
3: For deep sedation, you're not waking up for anything, like in an open-heart surgery. But Dr. Plant will put Cheyenne into a state of moderate sedation or light sleep.
5: Okay. How are we doing? Yeah, you
3: look fuzzy now. The anesthetic in her IV will reduce her consciousness, ease her pain, and even provide amnesia. But she'll still be able to respond during the entire procedure. Whoa. So while Dr. Plant sends Cheyenne into La La Land, 350 miles away in South Austin, I'll be going toe-to-toe with a painful ingrown nail that my patient Jose has left untreated for far too long. Hey there, Good I'm Dr. Rose. Um, explain to me what's going on here. So, how long have you had this toe swollen like this? Um, about two or three months. Two or three months. So Jose presented with an ingrown toenail on both sides of his nail bed, and it actually formed an abscess, and that's really painful. So it's just kind of progressively getting more swollen and painful? Yeah. Okay. An ingrown toenail is basically when the sides of the nail grow into the soft tissue of the toe. You might be thinking ingrown toenail? No big deal. Problem is, this bad boy is infected. And the worse an infection gets, even something as small as an ingrown toenail could even lead to amputation. Then, if the infection gets into the bloodstream, it could be carried throughout the body and you got big problems. So if that ingrown toenail is creating an infection, that nail needs to come out so his toe can heal. And have you tried Taking out part of the nail yourself, have you worked on it yourself? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> Uh-oh. It just, it's painful, it's painful yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So everyone knows what it feels like when you're trying to pop a really deep pimple. It hurts. And when you have an ingrown toenail that has now formed an abscess, it's excruciatingly painful to the point where you can't do it yourself. And if you tried to do it yourself, you could cause more damage, worsening infection. And it's, why would you want to? It looks like you've got an ingrown nail actually on both sides. We're gonna need to extract part of this nail on either side to take it away from the tissue. uh, Because right now, it looks like it's infecting the tissue. After cleaning the surgical site with iodine, you know, that reddish-brown topical antiseptic, I'm gonna inject lidocaine to numb Jose's toe so he can be more comfortable during the procedure. So this is gonna sting a little bit and then it'll kind of go numb. We all know that stubbing the big toe can be excruciating. So numbing the king of toes can take some doing.
0: Pinch
8: and a burn, one, two, three. Little poke.
3: It's because it's fully loaded with nerves. After all, the big toe is the most important when it comes to balance. So all those nerves provide valuable feedback so you don't fall over. I'm going to give you a little bit more numbing medicine, okay? But when the toe's injured, all these nerve fibers send a signal to the spinal cord and the brain. Yeah, oh, I'm glad I'm numbing you then. So while I inject Jose's toe with lidocaine to get him good and numb before the procedure. All right. At our Midland facility in West Texas, a seemingly small emergency is really bugging one patient. Literally.
6: We were going down a dirt
3: road, we were hunting for rabbits
6: and coyotes. And it just flew in when we were driving down the road. When he came home, he was in a lot of pain.
4: And it's in this year. Yes. First, we just take a look. That's pretty big.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Here at the ER in Midland, Texas, 11-year-old Wheeler has a mystery insect stuck deep in his ear canal.
6: When he came home, he was in a lot of pain and we Googled on what you should do and it said to put, like, vegetable oil in the ear to try and suffocate the bug so it stops fluttering.
4: How would you feel about having vegetable oil in your ear? It's all right. <laughs> do you see this often?
5: Um, every once in a while, yeah, we, we do actually see it. not Not real often, but every once in a while we'll get somebody that has a bug in their ear.
3: In a four-year period, it's been estimated that in the U.S., 280,000 people come to the ER with foreign bodies in the ear canal. Of those, upwards of 18% involved insects. That's over
0: 12,000
3: people that have to deal with Jiminy Cricket in their ear every year.
4: Hi, I'm Dr. Bose. Nice to meet Hi. you guys.
6: Nice you. All right, what happened? You had a bug in my
4: ear. you feel it moving around in your ear? Mm-hmm. It was alive? Yes. All right. What kind of bug? Do you
3: know? Mm
4: -hmm. No. Let's take a look.
3: Dr. Sudeep Bose isn't just an insect whisperer. An Iraqi war veteran with a bronze star to his name, Dr. Bose was one of the physicians who treated Saddam Hussein after his capture. So this little bug, whatever it is, should be easy pickings.
4: You gonna come out and bite me? There is some wax there blocking the view, so I don't see the insect right now, but I think we can get that out. I've seen some crazy stuff. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, I've seen people sleeping and cockroaches go in their ear, maggots and all sorts of Uh, stuff. So this is gonna be easy, all right?
3: right. (laughs) In the ER, we've seen all kinds of creepy crawlies in the waxy wonderland of the ear canal. We've seen random cockroaches, spiders, ticks. But for my money, there's one parasitic infection that makes my skin crawl. It's called myiasis of the ear. And that's just a fancy way of saying an infestation of maggots. These fly larvae will actually plump up by feeding off your tissue. While this is most common in tropical regions, These little guys will hitch a ride back to the U.S. and need to be removed one at a time with medical tweezers.
4: With the bug in the ear, it's right by the eardrum. It's extremely loud and moving and freaks the patients out. In general, the key is not to go putting anything in your ear digging for it. You can actually injure the eardrum and the inner structures.
3: If you look down the ear canal, you see the eardrum. It's a small, thin tissue that divides the outer ear and middle ear. The outer side of the eardrum has a bunch of cranial nerves. So a live insect tap dancing back there can create a lot of pain, irritation, and even vertigo. This can happen to anybody. And in Texas, there are all kinds of creepy crawlies that can bite or sting. So the last thing you want is a mystery insect repeatedly stabbing or biting your eardrum.
4: Hi. Hi. Ready? So this is Daniel, he's the tech working with me. Oh, okay. Since he does have the, the oil and the wax in his ear, we're going to try to flush it out a little bit just to try to be able to visualize the bug a little bit better. Okay. All right. All, you, okay. all
9: right, you ready?
5: You're going to feel a lot of pressure, okay?
9: So what we're
3: doing is just irrigating the ear with normal saline. As Dr. Bose and his team continue to irrigate Wheeler's ear, Jose's infected ingrown toenail in South Austin is about to get a little surgical intervention. Uh, I already see a lot of pus coming out. This is Um. definitely infected. So worst case scenario, he's got an infection of his toe. If the infection goes untreated, it basically would travel up his foot and up to his leg, potentially causing a cellulitis, and basically just wreak havoc on his system. Okay, so I'm just gonna start cutting the nail a little bit here, okay? Yeah, your nail is pretty thick. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna feel some pressure and that's kind of normal, okay? So I'm just gonna extract that piece that's near that tissue. Wow, you've got a big piece of nail in there. It's pretty big, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's been grown in there quite a bit. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go on the other side, okay? Deep breath, deep breath,
7: Almost
3: done. Deep breath deep breath, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. I mean, that, yeah, that's a pretty big nail that grew in there. That's gonna, you're gonna feel better though now that this is out. You can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> so I was able to cut into the nail that was growing into the tissue and then extract that part of the nail that was causing the abscess. That's what was growing in your tissue. And it took a while for that to grow. Next time, don't wait so long. Okay. Because Jose has an abscess, I'm gonna put him on some antibiotics. And then he's gonna to need to see a podiatrist who is a foot specialist. And they're gonna be able to do a little bit more of a detailed procedure to get his toe back to where it should be.
4: I just got a small surgery. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty painful. Um, but thankfully they got it out.
3: <laughs> in Odessa, Dr. Plant has put Cheyenne in a state of moderate sedation. Because even with pain meds, the work he has to do is going to hurt.
7: Okay. Okay. Did it good?
3: Dr. Plant will try to manipulate the broken radius bones back into their original position. So new bone can grow between the broken edges and fuse itself back together. And with the meds in her system, it's a good thing she won't remember any of this.
7: <laughs> no, no,
6: no.
3: Nothing can completely deaden the pain of broken bones being shifted into place.
7: We're done. We're done. We're done. Oh my goodness! Look at that. <laughs>
9: a lot better.
7: A lot better. I'm gonna put you in a splint. Keep it nice and steady. And then we'll give you the phone number for a couple of different orthopedic doctors in the area. So she did great with that. That was um, that was kind of exactly what we're looking for. Where she was able to respond and and know that. She's uh, she's not gonna stop breathing on us when we give her the medicine. When I pressed on her arm, how bad your
2: pain right now? My pain? Yes. A
6: you... Six. Okay. It, it definitely feels
7: better. That's for sure. So she's all immobilized, and
8: she'll do great.
6: As far as skating goes, it's just a bump in the road. It was a really big bump, but as soon as we're back to normal, I'm back on my rollerblades, but this is the best that I've felt in the past three hours, that's
3: for sure. Back in Midland, Dr. Bose and his team are working to extract an insect that has taken up residence next to Wheeler's eardrum.
9: You ready to do this again?
6: Yo.
3: <laughs> and the tech Daniel... Is flushing Wheeler's ear with saline for the second time.
8: You ready? A lot of pressure.
5: There we go. Let it out. You see it?
3: Right. <laughs> All right. I want to see it. While this little beauty is a bit mangled. Oh, what is it? I actually got a local entomologist to weigh in on the species. And they think it's a blister beetle. Those bugs actually secrete a pretty toxic chemical. So good thing the ear canal was irrigated extensively.
4: All right, I heard that flush did the trick, (laughs) huh? What did
0: we get? Wow, that's impressive. Yeah.
4: That's pretty big nice sized wings on it. <laughs> I'm gonna take one last look to make sure there's no other remnants remaining. All right, no bug. I clearly see the eardrum. <laughs> you got the cleanest year in town. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much all for right. your help. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, that's hopefully your last trip to the ER, right? Yes, now Stay we safe. Enjoy vacation. Stay healthy, all right? <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> take you. it easy.
6: This is pretty big, actually. I
3: wonder For the ear, yeah. I'm a little bit dizzy, but it feels good. So let me put a bug in your ear. Any foreign object can leave behind bacteria that can lead to an infection in any orifice. And for women in the US, vaginal infections are one of the most common reasons for a doctor's visit. In Pflugerville, a young woman who wishes to remain anonymous came into the ER with a problem we actually see pretty often. We'll call her Betty. And Betty believes she lost an object inside of her and it needs to come out.
8: This morning I woke up, went to the bathroom, put a tampon on, and then I got to work and the tampon wasn't there. I know for sure it has to be there, but I don't know what happened. Because I feel discomfort, sensation that there's a strange body. And got in the shower, got in the tub, tried to reach it out, but nothing. I don't know what happened, if I went, like, too deep, because I feel discomfort.
3: <laughs> Just because Betty could not find the tampon, it doesn't mean it's not there. Her discomfort is real. She needs to be evaluated by a doctor because leaving a tampon in for too long can actually be fatal. And she could develop what's called toxic shock syndrome which is a complication of certain bacterial infections. So this is a medical emergency until Dr. Derek O. Okay. deems it otherwise.
9: All right. Yeah. Can you put it a little bit down
8: towards me? I'll move this guy with
9: you. we do is put your heels, your feet together, and bring uh-huh. them all up the, to your bottom. It's a little awkward. Very <laughs> awkward.
8: Okay. Try and relax a little bit further. Yeah. can you squeeze my hand you
5: can?
8: A little bit more. Thank
3: you. A little bit more here. Foreign body cases obviously don't just apply to women. We've seen just about everything stuck in every orifice of all types of people.
9: Sometimes you'll have, like, a a condom or tampons that have been there for months, and they come out and they're black. Right foreign bodies, you see that pretty often, too. You'll see anything from candles to... Spray cans, to onions and toys—you know, all kinds of randomness. There's a spectrum here. Mhm.
3: Mm. While the object in question is small, does it
6: feel like there's something in there? Mhm. Okay. Yeah.
3: There could be life-changing and even life-threatening consequences. Tampons are designed to absorb blood from inside the body, so that object becomes the perfect breeding ground for bacteria. And this can lead to a dangerous complication called Toxic Shock Syndrome. These toxins can trigger a massive drop in blood pressure. And then the organs are deprived of oxygen. And then they can fail.
8: Well,
9: you know, I'm not seeing a tampon here. I'm looking around, I don't see it around the cervix. No. Anything planned this morning? Yes. I don't know where it could have gone, but... Oh, sorry.
3: In some toxic shock cases, the patient can develop gangrene and tissue death of the extremities like their hands and feet, which could lead to amputation. In fact, not too long ago, an otherwise healthy former gymnast that was living in Austin for a while became a quadruple amputee after a battle with toxic shock syndrome.
9: So I don't see anything inside the vagina at all. I'm trying to look inside the cervix. I can't see anything inside of there either. I'm kind of wondering if going to grab an ultrasound just to make sure it didn't go
8: further
9: up. A lot of times people come in for a complaint. You know, you have to make sure that it's not like a red herring. You want to make sure that it's nothing else going on. A cyst or a fibroid or something else that could be causing her discomfort.
8: I've been using tampons since I was 16 years old. Never happened to me. This is like very strange, because I know for sure that I put it in my body this morning.
3: There are other medical issues that could be creating her discomfort. A painful cyst, an infection. There's even a condition called vulvodynia. It affects about 9% of women and it creates pain and discomfort without any identifiable cause. Or it could be something as simple as an irritation as a result of Betty trying to find the tampon at home. But as ER doctors, we need to be thorough and basically follow the evidence.
9: Granted, she knows her body much better than I do, so you kind of have to pursue it until you really can't find anything in
8: there.
3: The bottom line is, we're medical detectives, and we want to close your case. We may not be using 3D facial reconstruction software like at a forensic lab, but we do have plenty of high tech toys to use in an emergency. In this case, Dr. O has ordered an ultrasound. This is a diagnostic imaging tool that uses sound waves to see what the naked eye cannot.
4: How are you? Good. You're currently bleeding right now? Yeah. Do you have any questions for me before we start the
8: exam? Uh, no, I just want to
4: get it done as quick as possible. <laughs> It'll take me about 15 minutes or so yeah, it's for fine. the
8: exam. Itself. I mean, whatever it has to do, it has to do. Yes, ma'am.
3: They say the eyes are the windows to the soul. But you don't need an ER doctor to know those windows are pretty damn squishy and extremely susceptible to injury. And at our facility in Killeen, Texas, a 32-year-old local named He is giving new meaning to the phrase, a sight for sore eyes. I was walking my dog outside last night and it was pretty windy and all of a sudden I felt something went in my eye. And ever since it's been hurting and irritating my eye.
9: All right, Dr. Hasegawa, room two, 33-year-old female, possible form, body, and the eye. Okay, sounds good. I'll go check her out.
3: Okay. Not only is Dr. Mike Hasegawa a skilled emergency physician, if you ever have a problem with your computer, he's your guy. At
5: 29, I was an IT consultant, and then I got kind of thinking about what I was doing and kind of went after it. Yeah, you know, I was basically 30, starting med school, and I'm going to school with people like, you know, a decade younger than me.
3: Dr. Mike's path to medicine may have had some twists and turns, but he's made up for lost time and is no stranger to foreign objects stuck in the eye.
5: Something really severe with the eye is kind of the worst thing. I've had some trauma stuff where, you know, a guy got shot in the eye. People have found like insects in people's eyes. Usually, the story is a metal worker, someone that's grinding metal or working with metal, and they get that metal shard in there. Infection of that eye becomes a much bigger deal. may ultimately require surgery at some point. So kind of hitting it very early, getting it out of there, it just kind of diverts you from a potential bad road. All right, so I'm gonna put a couple extra drops in your eye, okay? This burns initially. The dye that we put in the eye, it's called fluorescein, it's almost like a um, like the chemical used in highlighter um, marker pens. What it really does is lights up like the fluid within the eye. Right, I'm gonna shut the lights off just for a second. Let's say there was a like a puncture in the eye, so where it, you know some object went through the eye eyeball itself, and the, the liquid content of the eye was draining out. It would actually show that as well. So this is a black light and I just really take a look look up and toward your ear <laughs> Okay, looks good I can certainly see the object It looks like a piece of metal little charade that's embedded in there if she didn't come in the worst possible thing would be infection uh, but otherwise, it'd be more cosmetic issues, like staining within the eye or around the eye. Your job is really going to be focusing on anything over there and keeping your eye perfectly straight.
8: Okay. Easier
5: said and done, but the the, the less movement, the less of a moving target for me. Okay? <laughs>
8: okay?
5: okay. Alright. As scary as it sounds, removing it is with a needle.
3: Is it going to take a second or two? It
5: should, yeah. Okay. It should. Uh, my best. Yes. It's a needle at the end of the day, so you gotta be able to see the darn thing, and you gotta have a steady hand. So, you ready? Will
8: it hurt?
5: It shouldn't. It's... A lot of times, a patient is so anxious that kind of coming at their eye with a needle that <laughs> trying to hit a moving target, you know, they're, they're freaking out, so their eye is kind of moving all over the place.
3: After numbing his eye with medicated drops, it's needle time. So, you ready? It's a, a metal piece and a, a needle going into my eye. Doing my best to focus at one thing and not to move my eyeball. I don't want to make it worse.
5: Can you get me a couple of cotton swabs from over there? <laughs> yeah. There
8: it is, right there. Oh! you see it? Yeah.
5: <laughs> Super small.
3: That's it? Yeah. There was a little metal piss in my eyeball.
5: <laughs> yeah, looks like we got it. I, I I made a little bit of a bigger gouge in it, because I had to scoop it out. But that was it.
3: I was like, oh, and I saw that piss. And it was kind of scary. Yeah. To actually see that he's from my eyeball that stayed for almost 20 hours with me. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, it did not hurt. Okay,
8: good. <laughs>
5: I always prescribe topical drops for pain mm-hmm. and really to prevent infection. Okay. okay. The scar's gonna heal. Okay. So you won't even mm-hmm. be a permanent thing. Okay.
4: Good. Thank you, All sir. Right. And
5: then you don't wear contacts or glasses or anything. I like do that. wear glasses. Okay, no contacts. No content. Until this is yield up. Alright. <laughs> she was absolutely perfect with the procedure. All things considered, this could have gone really, really bad. It's amazing how something so small can cause so much discomfort. And you know, I'm really glad we were able to take care of her.
3: All's well that ends well. But this is not the last eye dilemma of the day. Nick came in with trauma to his right eye that has the potential to affect his vision for the rest of his life.
9: I got a new rifle going to the range. While we're shooting and shooting and shooting, and at some point I feel very sharp pain on my right eye and a kind of pressure on the whole right side. I feel like, you know, it's a lot of blood
5: just pouring, you know, from my eye. So clearly there's an object literally lodged within his eyeball. At the end of the day, he's gonna need surgery. Uh, Most likely, this is gonna be within the ophthalmology field and really a subspecialty within ophthalmology. It looks like I'm uh, I'm looking through like a jelly.
3: This case came in at the end of Dr. Hasegawa's shift. So Dr. Randy Jones is now taking over.
8: Dr. Jones, hi.
3: And after seeing Nick, he decides to send him directly to an eye surgeon at a local hospital.
8: Dr. Young is the retina specialist. All of his tools that he needs for your surgery are only at that hospital. So, you know, hopefully this will all go back to where you were before this <laughs> yes, happened. Sir. Um, yes, sir. Keep our fingers crossed.
3: With trauma to the retina, this patient will be heading directly to a vitriol retinal specialist that has years of dedicated training in retina surgery. Meanwhile, back in Pflugerville, Dr. Derek O is examining Betty, the young lady who wishes to remain anonymous. She believes that she lost a tampon in her vaginal cavity. So I'm gonna turn off the lights. Okay. If it's left inside too long, there are potentially deadly consequences. A lost tampon inside the vagina needs to come out after Dr. O performed a physical examination. I'm
9: not seeing the tampon anywhere. Looking around, I don't see it around the cervix.
3: And ordered an ultrasound. You're gonna feel some pressure Mm -hmm. because I'm going down to your cervix area. And the results are finally in.
6: Would you like to sign
3: this MOC? Looks like our ultrasound
9: is pretty normal. So, also go in there and kind and of talk her to her about her findings. Hopefully, um, like those reading, to reassure reading, her
8: like that
9: there's nothing on the physical exam and there's nothing on the ultrasound. There's anything internal that she should be worrying about.
8: I've been trying to stay positive all the time. And like, but I said, what is the worst case scenario? Well, I can die or lose a limb, right? That's pretty scary. Yeah. All right, so, um, the sounds
9: fine. It's no, fine. Yeah, no foreign bodies. Not really sure what's causing, you know, causes causing this. I mean, I didn't see anything in there, right? I checked around the service, which is most likely where these little tampons hide, and I couldn't find anything going in or on the way out either. you want me to check one more time just to make sure? I
8: don't want to go that again.
9: Okay. Yeah, but I, I definitely
8: didn't see anything in there. And again, the uh, uh, ultrasound was fine. Okay. I'm scared. The toxic syndrome?
9: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a scary so. thing. That's kind of where the a little bit of the art of medicine comes in, and you have to kind of um, not make them feel like they wasted their time here.
8: That's for like, bad cases. Mm-hmm.
9: And make them feel like their concerns are valid and validated.
3: Every concern a patient has is valid. Usually, it's based on a physical symptom, like in Betty's case, but the mind can also play tricks on us. In the brain, there's the hypothalamus and one little pea-sized structure called the pituitary gland. Together, they regulate various hormonal functions of the body, and it's the key spot in the brain that controls the autonomic nervous system. Yeah, it regulates small details like your heart rate, your breathing, but it also produces the fight or flight response. Say a bear walks into your campsite. You're flooded with fear and you want to bolt out of there. That's part of the autonomic nervous system trying to save your butt. When you're dealing with a lot of stress and fear and anxiety, it's scientifically proven that physical symptoms can manifest in the body. But for Betty, she probably created an irritation while trying to find the tampon herself before coming to the ER. And that irritation makes it feel like something is there. you sure I'll
9: let me check one more time? Yeah, it won't take more than 30 seconds. It's fine.
8: Yeah? I I just want to get it
9: done. Get
8: out of here. Okay, all right, gonna get you home then, okay? Thank you. Thank you. you're welcome. I'm 100% sure I put it in, I got to work, go inside the bathroom, nothing, and I start freaking out. And, but it also is kind of conflicting. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to question myself. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, well, there's nothing in there. Has to be. I I got a peace of mind that they, they check.